guys welcome back to the hello goodbye podcast um happy friday hope you're going to have a great friday leading into the weekend if you're listening to this later i hope you had a great friday great saturday sunday whenever you're listening Today's episode is going to be completely different with the recent news from this past week. It doesn't feel right to do our typical banter. So this podcast is a place that we have fun and we talk about whatever feels right. And we never want to come across as insensitive or ignorant to the real problems that are happening in the world. We're always going to address what's on our mind and hold people accountable for their actions. With that being said, we're going to be talking about the incredible amount of Asian hate crimes that have been taking place over this past year and the terrible events that we saw take place a few days ago. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about um, the Atlanta shootings um, just as an Asian female. Um, Although our platform is small, if this even reaches the 20 people who listened to us blabber the last two episodes, um, I think it needs to be talked about and it definitely needs to be heard. And as a listener of podcasts I would be ashamed and kind of upset if my favorite podcast didn't speak on the matter um and I also kind of wanted to just get Morgan's opinion on what's going on I mean I know how I feel obviously I'm upset and angry but I we just want to open the room for healthy communication and just have a conversation because I think it needs to be had also we have like 90 listeners so like oh true sorry bisexuals um Love you, 90 bisexuals. Yeah. Okay. That's that's incredible. Can I just say that's incredible? We have two episodes out. Bisexuals come hard, bitch. I know. They really do. <laughs> so as an Asian American woman, um, the news coming from Atlanta obviously makes me sad, but more than anything, it just really makes me angry. Um and I'm not going to lie, you know, we're honest here and we, there's no judgment. I had, I hadn't said or really thought about it at all up until today. Um, just because it's a lot, obviously it's a lot to process. I'm not, you know, affected directly, but this isn't new and it's kind of, you know, it, it angers me more and more as these things happen because it's like one is enough going to be enough sort of thing. Um, So I did earlier today write down all I was feeling and kind of just let it go to the wind. And I I did want to, you know, write down my feelings and get them in real time so that later on I could look back and, you know, take my aggressions or whatever I was writing in the moment and be like, okay, I need to say this differently. Um, Morgan brought up a good point too, that most of the time talking calm and collectively can get the point across better. So um, sorry if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I am. Um, but I'm gonna try to edit as I go along because I don't want to come off just angry the entire time. I want this to be something that you guys can listen to and really take information from it and feel something about it. Um, so. I started with kind of saying, I, I look at these, these women uh, and I see my grandma and I see my aunts and my cousins and I see myself in them. And with COVID, <clears throat> obviously we heard the jokes calling COVID, you know, Kung flu or China, Chinese virus, things that were normalized um, by our president at the time. And 
white supremacists and racists in general have gained confidence in thinking that they can say whatever they want with no repercussions because of the president. Anyone could say whatever they wanted because of Trump. He could say he was saying what a lot of, you know, hidden white supremacists or racists or open white supremacists or racists were feeling. And because he was able to say it, they could all say it and they could all, you know, make jokes. And now, you know, every day we, it seems to be happening more frequently and more openly, but we have racism kind of running rampant more so over the last couple of years because of Trump and because it's been normalized. And even though I hate him (laughs) with a burning fire in my soul, it's not even completely his fault because America was built on this. And, you know, now that it's normalized, it's put on t-shirts, probably, you know, made by white people, probably manufactured in pe- by people in China. And it's, you know, jokes are in comedy shows and stand up and it's, you know, he, our president was saying these things. So it's so normal. I mean, it's not normal. It's far from normal, but people have, you know, gotten comfortable with thinking that they could say whatever they want and it not affecting anybody because it doesn't affect them. Nick's cousin, who is also my friend, Caitlin, made a good point yesterday in her Instagram post by saying that we kind of take blatantly racist racist comments as lighthearted jokes because we were all taught in school that racism ended because slavery slavery was abolished. But it didn't, it never ended. Like it did, none of that happened. If anything, it's just getting worse. And the system that we live in and the system that we've all lived in was built on racism from the get. So, you know, we focus so much on damage control of, you know, what's happened due to the cause of that, that we haven't even gone back and tried to undo the damage or start at the source of the problem, which is the fucking system. Yeah. um, Something that I like immediately thought of when like all of this has been happening was when we actually went to Manzanar and mm-hmm. I don't know I just keep thinking back to when we went there and like just how powerful it was when because we went there somewhat recently like probably a year ago us four yeah um and like you just got to see like exactly where the Japanese Americans were living where they're being kept incarcerated during World War II and all the propaganda that was being released about Japanese people. And it like, obviously so much has progressed, but when you look back on like the same sort of rhetoric that's being put on shirts now, it's like, it's just so unsettling to see that it's still happening. Right. And, you know, Manzanar was up and active in 1942. Like, obviously that, I mean, obviously you think like we're in 2021, like that's a long time ago, but we have grandparents that age. Mm -hmm. There are still, you know, people living in this world that have taken those views and not to say, I mean, obviously at some point, you know, everyone is responsible for their own behavior and their own thinking and their own actions. But, you know, people from that time, that's what they were taught growing up. So they think it's okay. That's all they know. 
Manzanar is tricky. Um, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I am Japanese. It, it, I've been on multiple occasions and every time it always kind of stirs up some emotion, like just, you know, heavy emotions for me. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. I mean, it's just like visiting, like in Germany, visiting a Holocaust. Right. Like you could just feel that there's like some. Right. And there's some like sort of connection too when you are from, you know, Mm-hmm. when you know when I go to Manzanar and I'm have am from Japanese descent like it almost makes it feel like I'm going to like a you know cemetery of like people that I that I love Ew. that I mm-hmm. you know it, yeah it makes it yeah. it connects you in a way that like is hard to explain and even yeah. though I'm like I mean I'm probably like such a poser because I'm not even like full Japanese but it, it just like I mean, for me, like, my Japanese heritage is really the only one that I connect to, Um, Mm -hmm. even though it's small. Why is my voice shaking? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's really the only one that I connect to. So this this time around just hits a little harder. I mean, obviously, it's always sad when there's hate crimes against anyone. Like, that's so fucked. But I don't know. It just it feels a little different when you can put your you know, like I was saying, my grandma in that position or my aunts or myself even, mm-hmm. you know, like it just, it hits a little bit harder. And I would, I mean, that's probably not the best. It should hit just as hard every time, but it just changes a little bit for me. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I wanted to kind of like jump into, obvi- like not to make this about me, but the only way that I can, you know, connect to this situation is just how blatant like racism was for me growing up and how I kind of ignored it because it I, I I don't know if it was because I didn't think about it as hard as I should have or if because it was just a different time I mean we we kind of we grew up in the same you know time like things were very different mm-hmm. when we were in middle school high school than they are now yeah, and I mean, I can sit here and talk about how, you know, racist comments and racist jokes um, at anyone, but specifically with this case, like people of Asian descent um, is wrong, but I can't say any of that without admitting that I'm not perfect because I definitely have made fun of my own Asian heritage throughout my life. Um, it was a lot easier to laugh with the crowd than it was to be laughed at because I had been so you know desensitized to laughing at myself I in some cases had laughed at my friends who were also Asian and not in a malicious way but just because you know that's just how we coped with it we laughed at each other we made jokes with each other I had you know always been made fun of for like all the stereotypical things like my eyes being too chinky or you know my Asian glow which is like still something that I think is hilarious but um, more specific incidences that I can remember growing up, especially in elementary school, um, was when I would bring like Japanese lunch to school and people would make fun of me or like bringing Asian, Asian snacks to school, being called disgusting for it. Those are obviously like very small things. These are just things that I can. Yeah. I've always know. noticed that though, like that's such a big pet peeve of mine. Like I always say, don't yuck my yum. And yeah, I don't know. It's good. like for some reason, like, or to me at least, 
food is the best way to connect to a culture that isn't yours. That's why traveling is so great because you can try different foods and you feel connected to that culture. Right. And I just always have found it so weird, like just judging people based off of the smell. Like I had a really good friend who was Indian and she'd like be so embarrassed when I'd come over. I'm like, I don't care. I, I love food and I love trying yeah. food. Like, so it just goes to show like that it's super nerve wracking. Yeah. And I feel like too, like when, when all this was happening, this was probably mainly like elementary school. Um, and a lot of the time my grandma would come down to California and she would stay with us during the week and usually was the one that was making my incredible lunches. I don't, I mean, I didn't even give a shit if people thought it was disgusting. I was like, you guys are eating like PB and J like shut the fuck up. Um, but I, I had brought it up to her a couple times. I remember one isolated incident I had brought like dried squid which is like it's kind of like beef jerky but if it was like squid um it was like one of my all-time favorite snacks growing up and I had brought it to school and somebody had like asked me what it was and I had told them and not uh, without you know remembering exactly what was said at the end of the day I was crying and I went home to my grandma and I told her, you know, what had happened. And she was like, did you ask him if he had ever tried it before? And I said, no. And she said, well, did you offer him some? I said, no, like he was making fun of me. Like, why would I do that? I mean, I probably didn't say that, but anyways. And uh, she said, well, you know, like, think about how you're feeling in the situation. You know, don't knock food until you try it you know, don't knock a culture before you can experience it in a Mm -hmm. broader term. Like my grandma's definitely, you know, one of the reasons, if not the only reason that I was so proud of being Japanese because Mm -hmm. my grandma's just so awesome and has so many, you know, insane stories to tell and cooks the best food. She's my favorite cook to this day, like even behind me, which is saying a lot. My I'm not going to talk about my grandma because I'll probably cry but um, (laughs) I know that like just growing up like it was a lot easier to you know be in on the joke than it was to be the joke Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why a lot of the times you know my friends and I would make racist jokes to each other which again was a different time it's not an excuse but it you know we weren't as aware of what our words could mean to each other Mm -hmm. or for ourselves in the long run Um, plus your age I mean age has everything to do with your actions yeah um some of the more intense situations I can remember kind of like being hypersexualized for being an Asian I feel like I mean I also you know being degraded for not being like the typical submissive subservient like Asian woman sexually because that's you know how the the world and specifically the porn industry has like unrealistically portrayed Asian women um to be you know submissive and super skinny and kind of act almost childish which is like sick in the head like I mean I'm not by any means like an avid Asian porn watcher but I know definitely that like in porn with Asian sex workers 
um, they're portrayed as very, you know, submissive and almost childish. And, you know, they, they sound a certain way and they look a certain way because that's, you know, the shell that we have been like put into and, you know, being degraded for not being that, not being the expectation of what an Asian woman should be, whatever the fuck that means, like, is, you know, something that I also have dealt with in relationships and not in relationship. And I'd said before, like, although I'm not full Japanese, like, at some points in my life, like, it had made me, like, ashamed of being Asian at all. And I, you know, would mention, when people would ask, like, what are you? I mean, I would always say Japanese, but you know, make sure to throw it there, like, oh, I'm also Italian, or I'm also this, like, being just Asian was, like, it just, it felt weird to say out loud, and it always felt like it was, like, something that I couldn't be judged for, for some reason, I guess, just because of how I was treated because of that, and not, I'm not, again, like, I'm not trying to make this, like, woe is me, but, like, you know, just the jokes or whatever, like, the little shit, the stereotypical shit. Um, luckily in high school, I hung out with a group of around like 20 people, um, maybe like seven to eight people in this group were not from a, not of Asian descent. Um, but it was in the back corner of the school and we called ourselves the Asian corner, shout out the Asian corner. And we, you know, obviously we all made jokes with each other. Not, we weren't constantly just making racist Asian jokes, but I mean, we were literally called ourselves the Asian corner. So it was like a thing that we had in common that we could laugh at and, you know, connect with each other on. Um, But the seven to eight people in our group that were not of Asian descent, like, you know, they would jump in on the racist jokes and we would laugh at them um, because they were our friends, you know, because we had been numb to what their words truly meant under the surface. And what our own words meant for us and meant for our other Asian friends. And I'm not saying that our non-Asian friends were actually being racist towards us because they hated Asians or something, but that, you know, it doesn't make the things that we were all saying okay. Mm-hmm. This group also, like, just happened to be literally me and all boys. And <laughs> on my notes, too, I put, God, I was such a pick-me girl back then, lol. But, um being the only girl in a friend group of like horny teenage boys kind of made me the automatic target for all sexual comments and you know actions um and in real life terms like honestly I was you know trigger warning like real life terms I was like sexually harassed and I mean maybe not I maybe won't go as far as saying like I was sexually assaulted but because I was you know not only the only female so having, you know, teenage boys make jokes at a female in general, but for also, you know, being Asian, like I didn't look at it that way then. Cause like, these were my friends. Like, obviously I didn't think they were mm-hmm. being malicious or like out to get me in that way. But like, it's so clear now, like how incredibly like wrong all of that was. And like the situations that I were, was in were like dangerous, <clears throat> not like saying that these people would hurt me, but just, you know not okay situations for me to be in um or for I mean I'm not even gonna like say it that way like not okay situations for these boys to put me in yeah like you wouldn't want your son doing anything 
Right. It's like not, that. you know, it wasn't a me thing. It was like, these were teenage boys and I was one teenage girl. Just thinking about that um, and kind of reflecting on the way that I and, you know, many of us, like just from my own experience, like my friend group have just kind of let racism slide because it's just comes from the mouths of our friends and our own mouths. And it's just a joke and it's funny. Like, it's not okay. Like, it's the, exactly the reason shit like this, like what happened in Atlanta is happening. And it took a long time for me to realize how little I had paid, at- like, paid attention to what those words meant for me and for my loved ones and what those words mean for the next generation of, you know, Asian American Pacific Islanders and how they continue to feed a system of like racism, <laughs> like just blatant racism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how I contributed to that system because it was funny in the moment or, you know, because it was easier to like joke about being Asian or because it was at the time felt like the only way to exist as an Asian American in this country. And kind of reflecting on that has just made me feel guilty. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to feel guilty. Like everyone is going to experience it in their own way. Right. But I think like, obviously me as somebody who's not Asian, but majority of my good friends are, um, I think just like asking your friends about their culture and how do you feel when people say things like this, or does this upset you? Like, I think just opening a dialogue with your friends that are different than you, like, is such a good way to learn what is right and how to interact right Um, I mean obviously everything we say is not going to come across as perfect and that's what life is like that's what learning is and nothing is ever going to be perfect and nobody has all the answers but starting somewhere and asking questions and doing your own research I mean that's the only way that this is going to get better right so the dialogue just has to continue. Right. And I feel like too, um, a lot of the times in Asian families, um, you know, where Asians are portrayed as this model minority um, and it's, you know, don't draw attention to yourself. I I personally didn't grow up like this, but, uh, you know, just from the stories I've heard from my other Asian American friends or, you know, their parents or their grandparents or my grandparents, my grandma, even like were kind of raised to like not make waves mm-hmm. and, you know, just stay silent. We're the model minority. Why would we want to fuck that up? You know, like it's that sort of thing where it's obviously things need to be talked about. And I'm, I'm so, you know, glad that we're having this conversation. It's, it's part of the reason why my whole life I was just joking about, you know, being Asian or joking, making a racist jokes towards Asians or, you know, myself kind of like a self-degrading thing almost because it's just easier that that way. Yeah. You could apply that into so many other like facets of your life. Like at least for me, like if I'm feeling insecure or like bad about something happening, I'm automatically going to just deflect it with humor. Like Exactly. Just making everything a joke because I'm truly miserable inside. Like, right. That's right. such a coping mechanism that I think people apply to so many things and then it hits like a certain 
spot where it's just not going to help anymore. Right. I had something I wanted to share, actually. Um, Yeah, go for it. This is just a line that I saw earlier today that I wanted to kind of circle back to. Um, And it says, America loves to be a country that fights the symptoms and not the underlying conditions. It does it with racism, misogyny, gun violence, mental illness. Honestly, this incident may have been all those conditions bound up together because it doesn't have to be one thing on its own. America is a rich tapestry of mass shootings motivations. I feel like that to me represents so much of what we've seen last year history yeah and I mean unfortunately we've seen it before and we'll see it again Mm -hmm. um you know as a country like we protect white people I mean not we personally but white people are protected because they can't do wrong you know they're white they we protect their lives because you know we we built this country from the ground up we can do whatever we want but like in reality like this country was stolen from colored people built by colored people operates the way it does because of colored people and minorities contribution these things are like going to continue happening and I mean I didn't even think about it like that what you had just said like they're all of those things like wrapped into one like that that's why I find it so funny where it's like how people are saying well he had a bad day and it's like okay let's just take that as if that were true if he did have a bad day then why are we still not focusing on mental health in America it it makes zero sense like you can't say that it's not racially motivated and that it's mental illness but actually we still don't even care about mental illness we're not we don't need to talk about it so it's like there needs to be some point where you have to start taking accountability for all the different things that have led to this combustion and what's led to the insane amount of things that have happened during a fucking pandemic. Right. And I'm sure you've seen too, like people like, oh, like he had a bad day. It's like, we all have fucking bad days. Like that's not an excuse. Like we, like we're not going to, you know, shield this, man from the truth like Mm -hmm. we all have fucking bad days like he carried out a hate crime against like asian women these asian women were targeted and if the killer was a black or a brown person there wouldn't even have been a discussion on what his motive was there would be zero motive it would be he's guilty and he's a piece of shit there would be no they wouldn't even care about the motive they wouldn't exactly. even care about the motive. Like, exactly. That's why it's like the, we need to have the same standard of justice for all perpetrators, no matter right. who they are, what color they are. Like, I'm so sick of this, like, going around making exceptions for different people. He He's a white. I mean, he's young. Like, 21 is young. Mm-hmm. For him to have, I mean, obviously case not closed yet but I think we can all you know understand what motivated this attack Mm -hmm. these murders because that's what they are terrorist act literally was you know he committed a hate crime and we're protecting him because he's white it's you know he's being protected from the truth 
and it shows exactly how this has always worked like always Mm -hmm. in every case always and I don't know obviously our podcast we had not started back last year but if we would have we definitely would have addressed everything that was going on because I mean I feel like 2020 was just a terrible year for so many people and we have to recognize that here and just our heart is going out to every single person who's been affected by racism, by racist acts, by the hate speech that our previous president had. And we're always going to be here on this platform trying to say how we feel and trying to do our part. Yeah. Yeah. Do our part. We're, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just trying our best. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for me, it was most important, like the reason this kind of hit so hard for me is, you know, I had brought up that I look at these women and I see my family, you know, my grandma, who's visibly more Asian looking than I has had terrible things yelled at her and said to her for, you know, things that are out of her control. Yeah. yeah. You know, some things have been said by our own white family to her. You know, I fear every day that those words are going to turn into actions or that they're, you know, I'm terrified that my grandma will be a victim of a hate crime just because she's Asian. You know, it doesn't matter if she's Japanese. Racist people are racist. They'll see her slanted eyes, they'll hear her accent, immediately blame her for COVID or whatever they want to pin on her. And they won't dig deeper than that. That's, you know, that's why what happened to these women just makes me so sick is because it's not like he knew these women personally again case not closed but it's hard to you know think of any other outcome of that situation situation than what we think it is um but yeah Morgan had said you know we're just we're trying to just do our part obviously this isn't like a normal episode but do your part do your research we and have have some empathy you guys just I tried my hardest to just have empathy for everyone I meet even if I don't agree with them like there's no point in just getting further and further and further away from each other like I just hope that one day two people can sit down and have a conversation and they can be friends even if they don't get along like the more that we talk to each other and understand where people are coming from and people's backgrounds and how it got them there, I think the closer we can get to solving something. Something, anything. Anything, please. Please, <laughs> please for the love um, of God. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode. Uh, we just, you know, hearing this news was obviously heart shattering. We, um, really are just sending our condolences for these women and their families and all the other Asian Americans who are living in times where they fear for their lives and the lives of their families. Um, Every day, we just want to do better and try better for the world, Um, try to correct the damage of so many before us and ourselves, honestly. Um, But we can only really all do this together. Um, So our goodbye this week is uh, Morgan and I have made a $100 donation um, to the Stop AAI. AAPI Hate Coalition under the Hello Goodbye podcast name. Um, So if you can do so, we would really love it if you could donate whatever you could to them as well. Um, 
we've linked their site through our link tree on the Instagram. Um, and you can, you know, on their site, you're able to report Asian American Pacific Islander targeted incidents, as well as like read safety tips and learn more about the movement. But that's pretty much it, you guys. Yeah. I think uh, it's obviously not the most happy topic, but it definitely needed to be talked about. And But you need to hear it. We need to talk about it. The people need to know. And also this is an, you know, part of an open discussion. If you have anything that you want to contribute to what we talked about, or if you just want to get anything off your chest, feel free to leave some comments on the Instagram post. Totally. Yeah. And if there's anything that you think we missed or we misspoke on, like just tell, yeah, let us know. We we're just trying our best, okay? We're also, doing if you all that have we can. any, if you have any other um, sites that you know will um, that need donations or donations would go to good use um, regarding the situation, you can leave those in the comments. Also, yep, we would love that. All right. Um, well, have an amazing rest of your morning or night or day whenever you're listening to this. And we'll catch you next week. We love you. Oh, yeah. Also, just shout out to the 90 listeners we got because we love y'all. That's fire. That's fire. Okay. Anyways, love you. Um, love you. Bye.